0: GEICO presents, oh, not again, another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, man, so I was in a rush to get to work and I left the back door open. Could you shut it? I left it wide open. Uh, While you're there, could you also turn off the oven and all of the burners? (laughs) My mom never let me use the oven. I wonder why. (laughs) The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if it's your roommate's first time operating an oven. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.
1: Contour from Cox has all your favorites, all in one place. And with the Contour Remote, you can use your voice to find them on live TV, on demand, and streaming apps like Netflix, Prime Video, and more. See Cox.com for details. It's almost Thanksgiving. It is. A time to give thanks for all that we've been given. hmm And immediately afterwards, <laughs> go spend a lot of money. Yes. <laughs>
2: Black Friday. Buy Smart History Babes merchandise
1: online. There you go. From the comfort
2: of your own home.
1: In the spirit of the holiday, we are putting everything black in our store on sale. So, our black crop tops and black t shirts will be 20% off. Boom, boom. Woo. And our black tote bags will be 15% off. Dang. You know it. That, that's a deal. It's a deal and a steal. Head over to arthistorybabes.com slash merchandise. We will be running the sale from November 20th to November 27th, Cyber Monday. You don't have to leave your Thanksgiving meal early to go stand in line. You can. Please don't. Yeah, don't do do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I can't believe people still do that. Yeah. Uh, No, go do something fun on Black Friday. Take the day off and go. To a art go to, museum. Go get a
2: pedicure. Yeah. Go to a movie. Just make some pasta. Enjoy. Ooh. Enjoy your people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and some pasta. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wise healthy choice. Black Friday. From us to you. Check it out. We love you.
0: From Catherine A.
2: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie. I'm Jen. I'm Ginny, and we are the Art History Babes. And this is our first Art History Babes brief. BB, welcome.
1: Welcome to the little BB episode. A H BBs. Fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun it's so, thing. I like to say that today we are doing. We're doing our first BB episode on a very fascinating artist by the name of Marina Abramović. Marina
0: Abramovic. Abramovic? Abramovic. Abramovic. Ooh. Ooh, I like that name. It's a great (laughs) name. She has a great name, and it is a Serbian name. Marina Abramovic was born in Belgrade, Yugoslavia, on November 30th, 1946. So she came from a family of communists. So her great uncle and both of her parents were leaders of a, a communist led resistance to the access powers in uh, during World War II. So chiefly Germany was who they were fighting against. And so after the war, her parents were considered national heroes. And they were actually given positions in the post World War II Yugoslavian government. So, this is the background that she grew up in. She has described her family as having been the red bourgeoisie. So, she definitely experienced a not privileged but comfortable upbringing. And she was raised by her grandparents until she was six years old. They were deeply religious. So this was her background. But then when she was um, six, she began to live with her parents again. And that's when she started to take piano, French, and English lessons. However, she did not take art lessons. But she still had an early interest in art and enjoyed painting. Abramovich describes her relationship with her mother as being very strict and violent. She was abusive. And this was a formative experience for her. And so she's actually has said that up until she was 29 years old, she couldn't leave the house after 10 o'clock. So all of her performances had to be done before 10 p.m. so she was doing some pretty intense performance art and then had to be home by curfew she would go on to study fine arts in the academy of fine arts in belgrade and did a postgraduate in academy of fine arts in zagreb in croatia And eventually would go on to teach as a visiting professor at the Académie des Beaux-Arts in uh, Paris. I think I butchered the pronunciation. I'm terrible with French. But she also taught at Berlin University of the Arts. Um, She knows her stuff.
2: And then when we're talking about... Abramovich, a large chunk of her artistic production is very much linked with her romantic as well as artistic partner, Ulé. Mm. Marina met Ulay in 1975 in Amsterdam. Ulay is a German artist. They decided to live and work together, working on what they called relation work. So this was all work that they were co-collaborators on, and they had this system for over a decade. In 1988, they decided to work on one final major work together as the deterioration of their romantic and artistic partnership was looming. And it's called The Lovers or The Great Wall, Lovers at the Brink. The whole theme of this work was that they would start on opposite ends of the Great Wall of China, Abramovich starting on the side of the Yellow Sea, and Ulay starting from the side of the Gobi Desert. The entire process of walking the wall took three months, and each walked 2,500 kilometers, which is about 1,500 miles. And it actually took years to get permission from the Chinese government to film on the wall, so by the time they filmed, their romantic relationship had pretty much dissolved, and they actually hadn't seen each other in quite some time, so there's a lot of emotional throughout this project. And so the project was shot in color in 16mm film, and you can watch it on YouTube now, it's a little over an hour. In addition to showing both Abramovich and Ulay traveling along the wall towards each other, there are also shots of people living by and around the wall, both artists' interactions and staying with people in their travels along the wall, and a lot of shots of the varying different landscapes that they traveled for all these many miles. And throughout, it's narrated by both Ulay and Abramovich as they detail their journeys, the landscape, and most importantly, their emotions in knowing that this was going to be the last thing that they worked on and the last time that they would see each other for about 20 years. Abramovich is quoted saying in the film, before there was this strong emotional link with Ulay, so walking towards each other was like the power of a magnet. Our story would be the epic struggle of two suffering lovers being drawn to each other. And it's interesting because for the majority of the film, Ule is wearing blue and Abramovich is wearing red. And so there's this draw between the two of them this whole time as they travel these many miles to meet each other, only to say goodbye at the time, forever. Oh, that
0: makes (laughs) me want to cry.
2: At some points, they're very isolated, so it's just them walking along the wall, and at others, they're surrounded by many people, particularly on new and restored sections of the Great Wall of China. They both carried flags towards the end. And as they're walking towards each other, there are clips of their past together from private photos, as well as clips of their performance art together. And then they meet, hug, Ulay talks and she can barely speak. The end of the film becomes the end of the relationship in a very poignant and powerful way. And so that is The Lovers. And we will have a link up. You can watch the whole thing on our website
1: modern fertility.
3: Dang, I really wish I could sing because I wanted to follow that tune, but
1: I cannot sing. I can't sing either, but I just, I like making little jingles. How about it, Nat? I mean, you probably thought about your
3: next step in your career relationship, but what about planning for a baby
1: or a metaphorical baby? Or, or planning for not a baby. All of those totally reasonable <laughs> options. Exactly.
3: As a woman, we kind of have to make a decision to either have or not have babies. And
1: Modern Fertility is here to help with that decision making. Modern Fertility is a quick and easy hormone test you can take at home. So if you're thinking about trying for a baby or you want to know maybe what your options are for the future or Or if you just want to know more information about kind of how all that works and your hormone levels and just, you know, generally be informed about your reproductive health, which is a great thing to be informed of, Modern Fertility is here to help.
3: So I was able to take it and got my results back within like eight days pretty quick It took me to the website where they had all my information and I'm happy to say that nothing came back alarming. It was really easy to understand and they use very simple language, but they also have options where you can read into the different hormones more closely. So if you do have something that maybe is slightly out of whack, you can read more about it and figure out, you know, how to raise or lower or what that might mean for your day-to-day life it's really interesting or your fertility i guess i was kind of just looking at it for my day-to-day but um speaking from experience like yeah i definitely feel a little more empowered just knowing that all of my hormones are working and doing what they're supposed to do
1: yeah that is definitely good news also It is very affordable compared to similar testing. Um, Oftentimes that kind of testing can cost over $1,000. But with Modern Fertility, you can get the exact same information for just $159.
3: That's such a good price. Yeah. Plus, you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse once you get your results. So you can get answers to questions that you might have, specific questions that are related to your results. And that is
1: really valuable. Yeah. So it's just great information to have. Very affordable price. Very easy to do. Comfort of your own home. Don't even have to go to the doctor's office.
3: And right now, Modern Fertility is offering Art History Babes listeners $20 off their
1: test when you go to ModernFertility.com slash History Babes. That's $20 off your fertility test when you go to ModernFertility.com slash History Babes. ModernFertility.com slash History
3: Babes. Modern Fertility. Boop, boop, boop. So, other notable performance pieces from Abramovich, because she's obviously very well known for her performance work. In 1997, she first performed Luminosity, which is Abramovich nude, sitting on a bicycle seat in the center of a white wall with a powerful stream of light illuminating her body. So, she's perched in a star position with her arms out to the side and her legs out in a And the light is really exposing her to the entire gallery and all of the viewers. She originally performed this work at the Sean Kelly Gallery in New York. And it presents Abramovich as extremely vulnerable to any visitor that comes into the gallery. Obviously, you're gazing upon her exposed flesh. And she explains that it's really a work about loneliness, about pain, and about spiritual elevation about luminosity and about the transcendental quality of the human being in general. She more recently performed luminosity for Art Basel in 2014 and for a show called 13 Rooms in 2013, where she had a full room where she was able to perform the piece. The next piece I would like to talk about is 512 Hours, which took place in the summer of 2014 at the Serpentine Gallery in London. Six days a week for eight hours a day, so Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., Abramovich would stay at the Serpentine Gallery in the room with visitors, and Abramovich would stay in the gallery, and she had a total of 129,916 visitors over the span of the entire show. So it became an interactive exhibition where gallery visitors and Abramovich became the material of the... Exhibition, Bromovich would do a daily diary. I'm going to read you an entry right here. On Friday, the 13th of June, she said, At the end of the day, something happened so incredible that it opened my heart and made me cry, cry, cry. I was coming to the middle space and I was seeing people like some sort of strange magnetic force. They're coming to the center of the room and they're filling this podium, and there's no space anymore. They're turning and making a circle around and around and around. And at one point, all of the people come in in all spaces to the center. And they close their eyes with a smile on their face and just stood there. It was so overwhelming. It was so magical. I mean, she's just really exposing people to be vulnerable in the space. They have to leave everything at the door. So they're metaphorically and physically leaving all baggage. They have nothing with them. And they have to just kind of be there and be exposed in the same way that she's exposing herself in a lot of her art. That's 512 hours.
1: The Artist is Present was a retrospective of Abramovich's work that was mounted by the MoMA in 2010. This retrospective was the first time her performance works had ever been re-performed by actors. The pinnacle of the exhibition was Abramovich's performance by the same name, The Artist is Present, This interactive performance required that Abramovich sit at a table in the center of the gallery every hour that her retrospective was open at the MoMA, without breaks of any kind. Spectators were allowed to enter the space one at a time and sit in the empty chair across from Abramovich. The variety of interactions, if you can call them that, was impossible to capture, however the documentary, once again by the same name, The Artist is Present, does a captivating job of catching the highlights. The documentary is a must-see for those even the slightest bit curious about performance art, and it regularly pops up on Netflix, so make sure to catch that if you get a chance. This film is an interesting addition to Abramovich's career, as much of her work engages with notions of ephemerality. The mere existence of the film raises questions concerning documentation of the, quote, ephemeral work. In other words, if you visually document a work that is meant to be fleeting, does that change the work? Not to mention, she gained quite a bit of acclaim from the documentary. So a lot of people know who she is from the documentary. So in some ways, it kind of alters what the work was meant to be or how it began. In addition to providing archival evidence of the artist as present, the documentary provides audiences with an intimate look at Abramovich's life, process, and body of work. A personal favorite moment in the documentary is when she takes the actors for that will be performing her pieces for the retrospective on a retreat. And it's a sort of avant-garde performance art boot camp. And it ends up being like, pretty intense experience. This boot camp has actually grown since the documentary, and even Lady Gaga underwent the Abramovich method. There's this pretty trippy video on Vimeo. It's really cool, actually, of Lady Gaga and Abramovich. It's it's a very artistically put together video of her time undergoing the Abramovich method. So... The Artist is Present is definitely a must-see, especially if this is your first time hearing about Abramovich. Be on the lookout for hopefully a full-length episode on her work, as there are many layers to discuss. Then we'll get a little more in-depth and examine and discuss the ins and outs of her work, because there is a whole lot to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye! <laughs>
0: <laughs> From yeah. Cal- Geico presents, oh, not again, another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, man, so I was in a rush to get to work and I left the back door open. Could you shut it? I left it wide open. Uh, While you're there, could you also turn off the oven and all of the burners? (laughs) My mom never let me use the oven. I wonder why. (laughs) The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if it's your roommate's first time operating an oven. Visit Geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.